Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Boys and girls, it's four o'clock, and it's time for the Montana Football Hour. It is to tell Nuanas on 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes, Spotify, all of these places. Wherever you get your po- podcast, get the Tutel Nuanas podcast. It is there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you'd like to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Uh, once again, Tutel Nuwana is an hour early today, but we're keeping the Montana football hour in its normal spot from 4 to 5. If you're watching us on SWX, thank you very much. It is an hour late for you because it's on from 4 to 6 there. Don't ask me how we're moving around in time. You know? Impressive Don't. technology. It is impressive technology. I hear you can do the same thing if you go very, very fast, like approaching the speed of light. Um, The Montana Football Hour is brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. And Coulter, uh, the uh, Montana State Bobcats had a scrimmage this weekend uh, over there in Bozeman, their second scrimmage, and I believe their final scrimmage of the uh, fall camp had named Casey Bauman the starting quarterback coming out of the first scrimmage. And so now you get a chance to really kind of Hit the reps with your definitive ones, definitive twos. Get the numbers that you want going. We'll hear from Jeff Choate after that scrimmage on a number of different things. But you were over there. 
and and what was your feel about you know uh, uh, going around camp there in Bozeman as we're you know now halfway through camp and on our way to uh, to opening day. Yeah, I mean, camp's over at Montana State now. They wrapped camp, so they, it yeah. is now it basically into game preparation. Practices are now closed. They'll have practices this week, then Thursday's media day, so I'll be going over to Bozeman for the morning. I'll be back for our show locals uh, at Locals uh, yep. on Thursday, so I'll be there for that. Um, but a couple different impressions. First of all, Casey Bauman was was noticeably nervous, and he did not look good. He he was trying to finesse. He he had three or four different throws where uh, they were play action, deep throws up the sideline, which is basically the number one strength that helped him win the starting job. And he was trying to finesse those throws. He kind of just floating the ball. Uh, he only had two completions for thirty-four yards. Twenty-eight of those thirty-four yards came on one catch by Kevin Cassis, where Bauman just he overthrew Cassis by a long shot, and Cassis just made an absolutely ridiculous catch. So, Bauman didn't look sharp. What I've said, I'm no offensive coordinator. I'm not some college football offensive genius. I'm the farthest thing from it. But I seriously, this is not just a joke. If I was Montana State, I would straight up run a five-quarterback system. I would, I'm, I'm serious. I am serious. I know I am, you are. I am not kidding. If I was Montana State, I would play Travis Johnson for 20 snaps a game at quarterback, Troy Anderson for 15 snaps a game at quarterback, Kevin Cassis for 8 to 10 snaps a game at quarterback, and Casey Bobbin for 15 to 20 snaps a game at quarterback. And I would run as high up-tempo as I possibly can, and I would run a variation of the spread option every single time. When Montana State's first-team offense is on the field, they let Troy Anderson have two offensive series. The first two times that the ones were in Troy Anderson was on offense going against the number two defense, and then he was also on the number one offense going against the number two, or the number one defense going against the number two offense. Right. But the two series that he was in, they operated at an incredibly fast tempo. And when you, it, that's what I'm saying is just change the trigger man and run the same play. Have the, the option to give the ball to Isaiah Infante. I mean, when you line up Travis Johnson at quarterback and you put Kevin Cassis in motion and you have a jet sweep fake and you have Troy Anderson come in motion on the other side and now you're running the, the triple speed option with Alfonso, Travis Johnson, and Troy Anderson pressing the edge. If you make the right decision with the ball, the defense has no chance. You are getting 9 to 12 yards every time, and if they miss a tackle, you're gone. Yeah. So I, I just think that they have – Montana State has – a couple guys that I really think are truly the best athletes in the league. And uh, that would be my third impression is that as unbelievable as Troy Anderson was last year, Troy Anderson is even more unbelievable now. He it, He's physically matured, you can tell. I mean, he th- this happens when you're just a kid, right? I mean, Troy Anderson was a teenager and now he's not. It's the little things. But, like, Troy Anderson's got a big mustache now. That, that's a real thing. Like, the kid is is growing into himself. He truly looks, I mean, he looks like a man now, and he is just such an unbelievable athlete. And watching him, I really don't know to, who to compare him to. I, I was, think uh, that you and I should go the mustache route. I mean, you'd look pretty good in a mustache. But just watching the way Troy Anderson moves and operates, I, I just, he, he has NFL talent at linebacker. I think that's no secret. Everybody knows that. But I just think that if you gave him a full load on offense, he's going to score 20, 25 touchdowns. And I don't know how 
you equate that. What sort of defensive production does he have to have to overwhelm the fact that if you really did just give him the ball, I mean, he he could lead the country in touchdowns. I, 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 I so it's a crazy question that they have to ask themselves. And, and I think it's a very delicate situation because he really can do it all, but you don't want the kid to get worn out. And and you know, they, last year he got big time banged up and he missed all spring with what amounted to an undisclosed injury, but he's wearing a cuff on his shoulder. So it had to be a shoulder thing, and you just never want to wear him out. But I guess my number one impression leaving Bobcat Stadium was that Montana State, their talent, the amount that their talent has increased, they they increased their talent each year under Jeff Choate, but now they hit the breaking point where now when their ones and twos are in, they have dudes across the board. They have almost no weaknesses. And that my number one impression walking out of the stadium was the coaches just have to figure out how to do this thing right this year because if they do, Montana State has a real chance to make a run at the league title. I really think that. And if they don't, I mean, I think that the, there are so many factors that don't have to do with talent that are the number one factors that could derail their season. And I think that's why just harmony and being on the same page and consistency and building a foundation and not having volatility in any form is the number one key to their season. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour. Here is a little bit of sound for you from Jeff Choate. This is a portion of his opening statement uh, to the media immediately after the spring game, or excuse me, the uh, second scrimmage on Saturday. Got some good work early in the kick game. Uh, you know, didn't really put a lot of pressure on the kickers, but they made their kicks, and so that's what counts. And uh, we were able to, I think, get some good work tonight. I think there's going to be some some opportunities to maybe create some separation in that tight end position. Uh, talked about the linebacker really being a tight race right now. And, uh, and then just continue to improve and evaluate. I think we know what we have with some of our guys. And there's some guys that I thought had some nice day. I mean, I thought, you know, you know Shane Perry's a guy I kind of mentioned day one, and he showed up and did some nice things in the run game. And, uh, and then we had some young guys that I think got a little, got a little nervous once we put the real uni- uniforms on, some drop passes and some, some blown assignments and just some you know, guys that are just not quite as, uh, quite as focused as they probably needed to be. There you go. Jeff Choate just kind of opening things up in a, in a very general sense. Uh, but Coulter, he spoke more specifically after a couple of questions about Casey Bauman and him playing under center and also what he is not so much as a runner, but when they want to implement the quote-unquote plus one run game, which is tradition, what we think of when we think of the Wildcat. What's the beauty of the Wildcat? If there is a beauty to it, it's the fact that, you know, you you have the runner of the football is getting it, so the quarterback is not quote-unquote eliminated by simply just giving the ball away. Um, the first question, though, is what do you like about having uh, Bauman under center, specifically as opposed to in the shotgun? Yeah, they ran, a lot of, they ran a lot of plays under center. And I think that this, I think what Jeff Choate says here, I think this is going to actually become a trend. It, it already is. Teams are going back under center. A, a lot, of, not a lot of teams. The teams like Oklahoma who have their DNA. I mean, they're just going to be a, a gun spread team always. Ohio State, they're they're pretty much stuck in the spread because of their personnel. But like, I think a lot of teams are going to start reverting towards going under center a little bit more. And here's why. Well, I think that's going to be some of it. But, you know, even today, I think he showed his ability to run the ball. I mean, we made him live on a couple of plays, and he did a nice job pouring it into the end zone. From a linebacker coach perspective, uh, play action is way better under center than it is in the gun. 
I mean, you can see the mesh. You don't dive into the line of scrimmage quite as hard. And so, you know, being a run first team, uh, for us to maximize our ability to, to push the ball down the field, we've got to be good in the play action. And one of the ways that we can be better in play action is to present a harder run cell, and that is better under center, in my personal opinion. So there you go. Like getting, having an opportunity, part of it is the added element of deception that he thinks it brings, right? I think that because of just this explosion of how often teams want to pass, both at the college and the NFL levels, the art of the play action fake has, it's, it's not, it's not as sought after as it once was or as it should be. I mean, Peyton Manning, the, the most underrated part of Peyton Manning's game was, was his play action fakes. You, you thought Edron James had the ball until all of a sudden Peyton Manning's got the ball. And he used to just, and Michael Vick was the same way. When Michael Vick would hold the ball, like behind, he'd play action and then he'd like hide it behind the, his back for a minute and then s- sprint out. I mean, that was some of the most unstoppable quarterback play, and it's because of the fake. I mean, I remember when Montana State was at their best under Rob Ash, Daenerys McGee was unbelievable in the play action. His just ability to play action fake was so underrated. And I think that when you have a six foot seven quarterback and you have all the running back talent that Montana State has, not just running back, just playmaking talent that they're going to hand the ball to, I do think that the play action is going to be where they make so much of their money this year offensively, if they can do it. But, again, I've been hyping the Cats all month because I think they have a ridiculously high level of talent. I really do. But I also think that so many of the intangible factors that make sports great are going to be all the key factors for Montana State this year. I think that's why it's going to be such a fascinating season to cover of theirs. Uh, Jeff Choate did also talk about the plus-one run game, and and specifically, I mean, you said – I think they should go to a five-quarterback system. Five. And they certainly did sub in and sub out a lot of guys at, at, at the quarterback spot. They played six quarterbacks before the scrimmage was 30 minutes old. Okay. So maybe they're doing that. So here's the question, though, that was asked. If you have a starting quarterback, which you evidently do in Casey Bauman, is it hard for him to maybe find a rhythm when he's constantly in and then and then leaving for various you know wildcat packages and things of that nature? Here's what Coach Choate had to say about that. Well, I think that's going to be some of it, but you know even today I think he showed his ability to run the ball. I mean we made him live on a couple of plays and he did a nice job pouring it into the end zone on one, and that was something we wanted to see by design today, and we've done that with him a couple times because I do think he's a capable runner, and a lot of the plus one run game stuff doesn't have to go out the window because he's our quarterback. It needs to continue to be a part of our package. I mean, this is obvious enough, but here's what it can't be. Oh, Bauman's in. This is a throwing play or a handoff. Oh, Bauman's out. Okay, now it's a you know a, 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 a quote-unquote wildcat or a plus-one situation. Like, he's got to be able to do all that stuff, and it would be also nice if you had a guy who was in there in a traditional plus-one setting that might throw the ball every once in a while. I mean, you're right. You could do a ton of deception based on – personnel and you know breaking tendencies when you've you know 80 percent of the time you're running this all of a sudden you don't do it and and you catch somebody you know not paying attention boise state at their best under chris peterson ran more trick plays than anybody in the country yes they did and i truly think that montana state's strategy out the gates this year is going to be early on first series or two of the game Get the defensive head spinning by playing all sorts of different quarterbacks. You're running reverses. You're running wide receiver reverse passes. Where's Tory Anderson? How are you getting him the ball? Where's Travis Johnson? How are you getting him the ball? And just try to get two quick scores off of 
all this crazy stuff, and then let your defense go to work. Have Casey Bauman just take the snap and hand it off to Isaiah Fonse and ride it out. I think that that's exactly what they should do, and I think that's what they're going to try to do. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County. More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. I've heard a lot of people, Coulter, who have, you know, decried, you know, things like the Boise State offense for their trickery and and basically said, you know, it's not real football or, you know, they have to do that because they're not as good as the teams that they're playing and so forth and so on. And I've always found that to be so hollow because my, my thought is, like, the point of the game is to score points on offense. So if you got things that can do I, – I, I have always felt and continue to feel that the amount of, of variation that exists in football is such a small actual window. And I'm sure – look, they're, like you said, I'm no, no offensive genius sitting here. But I, when I look at the, the the modal realm when it comes to offensive football and the area of possibility of the way that you can line 11 guys up, and the, like you said, to, I, I laughed in your face when you said it, and that's an indictment on me, that you should have a five-quarterback system. Well, why wouldn't you have a five-quarterback system? Like, I understand why not, but also, has it ever been done before? No. In fact, two quarterbacks... Most of the, the the majority of people who quote unquote know these things are well. That's terrible. That won't work. The, the the rhythm of the quarterback and so forth and so on. And I'm sitting here going, you know what? If the points to score to score points, who cares? Who cares? Who's sitting there with the thing under center? And if it's a whole bunch of different dudes because you had a whole bunch of different things, that would seem to me to be a very difficult thing to try and figure out defensively. And if they're capable, and if you got the personnel and the the brains to do it. Uh, you know, in terms of the players, and they're able to understand. I mean, that's a hard that's a hard ask for an offensive line, right? When you got a bunch of different guys coming in under center to run various packages and so forth. But I don't know. Get up there and do it. And why is that so weird? Why is this stuff never really even considered? And it's just like you know, laughed at when it when it ever you know it, it, it's put out there. Curry Anderson scored thirteen touchdowns of fifty yards or more last year. As a as a wing T quarterback, basically, there there's no team that you can think of in mo- in the in the modern era, at least, that had that sort of explosive ability without having to. I mean, there, there's a margin for error on every single play, right? And that's why old school coaches gravitate towards running the ball more than throwing the ball because there's less of a chance for error. Well, if the only chance for error is just snapping the ball to the guy who's going to have the ball, and then you don't have to have another. 
opportunity for an error after that. I mean, that it's the safest way you can play. But then if you also factor in that this guy, whether it's Troy Anderson or Travis Johnson, can take it to the house when you run that sort of play, it's it's just very unique in in the scope of what college offenses have evolved into. And rather than trying to figure out how you're going to get Travis Johnson the ball now that you've switched him to wide receiver, why not just line him up at quarterback 15 times a game and just snap it to him? And just let him go. I, there's just very few guys that have the, the level of superior athleticism compared to their competition, and those are the guys that are going to absolutely dominate. Emmanuel Butler was like that at Northern Arizona when he was healthy. Um, Keelan Doss was like that at UC Davis, where you're, you're just so much better than the guys you're going against. You just cannot be stopped. But I, there is no one that I've ever covered that is more superior to the athletes he is competing against than Troy Anderson. I mean, he, you, you can talk about Cooper Cup and all these guys. There's nobody that was dusting people by 20 full yards like Troy Anderson was doing last year. Um, I played a little pickup basketball with my daughter's uh, friends. I thought I was pretty superior. Dominant, even. Uh, it's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter, uh, a couple more things about Montana State here, and then we'll take a break and we'll get into some of the sleepers, uh, especially at the University of Montana, guys mm-hmm. who we think uh, are going to be you know, good next year that maybe aren't in, on everybody's radar. But uh, they wrap up camp today, mm-hmm. and they uh, effectively, that's, it's just vocabulary about the phase that they're leaving as opposed to the phase they're entering. Mm-hmm. But tell people, I think people have a fairly good idea in general of, you know, what practice looks like the, uh, of game week. Right. But this is a very awkward, maybe not awkward, but it's a very unique week of practice where it isn't game week, but it's also not camp. It's going to be sort of a faux game week. They're going to start to get game preparation going. But right. What's going to take place... Uh, both the Montana and Montana State in in the week that's that's two weeks out from the start of of the actual season. Well, it's a little bit more secretive at the University of Montana, so I'm not actually sure exactly the specifics of sure. how they're going to do it. But like Montana State, for example, they have a mock game on Saturday, which is closed, but that's something where they're basically going to they're going to simulate a game, not in playing the plays, but we're out on the field for half an hour before the game. We're doing our warm ups. Okay, now. First team kickoff unit, you're on the field. It's just to get the substitutions down so you know that you're not going to have procedural penalties and stuff like that. But so they're basically they're going to prepare for that mock game with a mock game week, which one thing that's an interesting decision is that Jeff Cho decided to give these guys Thursdays off each week rather than the traditional Mondays. Mm. I think that'll be interesting because then you can you have a later in the week where you can get a little bit more juice and then you have. Friday to kind of just get your legs underneath you, and then it's game day on Saturday. So you're not wearing yourself out leading up to the game. You have your the recovery is a little bit more similar. So they're going to do that for the first time this week. As far as the University of Montana goes, uh, they closed practice on Saturday, which I think means that they probably had a, a pretty thorough live session. There's no scrimmages on the schedule. They're saying that they're not having scrimmages, but I you know that they're having scrimmage-like activity, and when they close <laughs> practice on Saturday, I assume that that's what they were doing, is scrimmaging. Right. So I think that they'll probably do that again. I think they'll probably have a week of practice and then probably have another 
uh, closed non-scrimmage practice. It's not a high ankle sprain, but it's an injury that has portions of a high ankle sprain in it. Right. Yes. So, uh, and I imagine that's probably what they're going to do as well. But uh, I think that these two teams will probably, as of Sunday, really start implementing game plans and start preparing for South Dakota if you're the Grizz or Texas Tech if you're the Cats. It's 2 tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It is the Montana Football Hour. Take a quick break. On the other side, sleepers. Who's going to be good? What players to watch for that maybe aren't on everybody's radar? We'll get to that right after this. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. Hurry up and save with Lithia Ford of Missoula. Save an estimated 20% off the new 2019 Ford F-150. That's right, 20%. Plus, earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. The Ford F1 feature, uh, Ford F-150 features best-in-class capability for work or play. This makes tough tasks look easy, whether you're working on the job or heading out on a weekend of recreation. The good deals don't stop there. You can also save an estimated 20% off on the 2019 Ford Edge, Escape, and Expedition. Is the hurry-up-and-save sales event with Lithia Ford of Missoula. These great deals won't last, so be sure to drive away in your new Ford before September 3rd. Lithia Ford of Missoula and online at LithiaFordMissoula.com. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Who are the sleepers? The Grizz and the Cats next season. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford. Four to five every Monday. That's what we do around here. Football, all season long. Love it. Favorite time of year. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Recreate the right way this season. Kurtz Polaris, pontoon boats, everything. That hurts. If you would like to listen live and you're out of the market or maybe it's just easier or whatever the reason is, you go to a website, 1029ESPN.com, and click the Listen Live tab. There you can listen to the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, you said, hey, let's talk about some sleepers because there's some guys, particularly as you've been watching the University of Montana. Mm-hmm who are guys that are going to be playing this year uh, and that you think could actually step up and have some pretty big 
uh, pretty big games, pretty big seasons, frankly, that maybe aren't on everybody's radar. So let's go through a couple of these guys and say, you know, talk to us about who you think we should be looking out for and paying attention to. Uh, my number one sleeper for the Grizz is Mitch Roberts, kid from right here in Missoula, Missoula Sentinel. And Mitch was a high school quarterback who then transitioned to receiver. And I think that there's been a lot of guys in this Grizz program that have really benefited from the coaching change, but I really think that Mitch Roberts is, is one of the guys that have benefited the most from the coaching change because Bob Stitt was just going to recruit receiver after receiver after receiver and no matter w- w- what level Mitch Roberts is able to develop at receiver, I just think that he was always going to get out-recruited even if he was good enough to get playing time. And now in a program that prioritizes individual development and prioritizes hard work and prioritizes a selfless attitude, I mean, I thought that Mitch Roberts had probably the best offseason of anybody on the entire Grizz football team. I mean, Mitch Roberts went from a guy who was you know, 15th, 16th, 17th on the list of receivers to a guy who's... I mean, when they announced the starting lineup against South Dakota, he's going to be a starter. He's starting. I mean, he's getting one reps over Samari Torre, who's also had a great offseason and who's also uh, shown flashes of returning to the form that made him such a standout when he was a freshman and a sophomore. So I, I think that Mitch Roberts, when you look at his family and where, you know, I mean, his brother was such a tremendous athlete. But I, I mean, Mitch Roberts is such a great athlete. He goes and gets it, man. He he. I've seen him make so many diving catches in practice. I mean, he just goes all out, and he catches everything. And I just think that having a guy like him who's a Missoula guy, a Montana guy, who dreamed of playing for this program his whole life, like, w- like when, when Mitch Roberts is the one that's getting announced in the starting lineup, that spurs on Gabe Sulcer and Jerry Lou McGee and Sammy and Kim and Samari Torrey. That drives them, too, because, you know, this guy – He's he's earning it. He's working for it, and I, I think it's a good. I think it's a great story because I think that he has a chance to really blossom into a special player, and he's done a. He's had a tremendous amount of improvement over the last nine months. I think that a lot of people, um, you know, sit there and 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 say uh, of 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 what this team was when Bob Stitt was out and when Bobby Hout came in. To your point. Whatever it was everywhere else, the wide receivers were about as about as good as you could get in terms of the group, certainly. And so then you just assume, okay, well, you know, the, the Montana's set at wide receiver, and they are set at wide receiver, but that doesn't mean that there are other guys who are going to come in and all of a sudden be competitive with the guys that are there. And I think that might be the thing that's surprising to a lot of people. Now, when that guy might be Mitch Roberts, maybe that becomes a little less surprising because the pedigree is certainly there. I mean, everybody saw what his brother Ben did when he, you know, came for his his final year of eligibility at the university level, walks off of the baseball field and onto the football field and, you know, has one of the great games at wide receiver that we've seen against NDSU of all teams. So, I mean, that that is... Uh, you know, I don't. You don't want to put the pressure of the family on the kid, but you know, you, you think that there is uh, certainly some upside there, and if he can compete for playing time with the wide receiving core that they certainly have now, and maybe even like you said, a starting role or a, you know, starting as a wide receiver is a little bit of a misnomer, right? Because there's so much rotation that happens. But if you're, you know, if you're out there. 30 reps a game you are a starter regardless of whether you're on the football field for the first play of the game or not and so uh and and i mean you i would think that that would be uh, again like 
if the presumption is that the position group's really good and there's a guy who's fighting for a starting spot within that that's a freshman, that has to make you think really good things about about his potential. And you're certainly right. I mean, this has been out on social media and been you know, and and by the way, not our social media, the Mon- the official Montana Grizzly social mm-hmm, media that mm-hmm. is. Uh, put the stamp of approval on it, uh, that it could go out there, that he's making those plays, and like you said, he's getting the reps as well. Okay, very good. Who else you got? Alex Gubner is uh, a guy who came to Montana with a ton of talent out of Los Angeles area. He went to Chaminade Prep, same high school as Michael Ogine. Uh, but Alex Gubner, he was a really, really, really late signee. I mean, I don't. he didn't commit until less than a week before signing day, and, he, and so he, he, there was not much known about him. And... Uh, the, the best thing I could say about Alex Gubner as an interior defensive lineman is that I've seen his jersey get ripped multiple times, which guess what that means? Holding. They can't block you. Yeah. <laughs> when your jersey is all the way ripped, I mean, he has seen him happen to him twice. <laughs> right. it's, uh, and that's, it shows you the motor he has. I think he has. I think he has a mean streak that he plays with, and he's got, I mean, he's just got a ton of natural size. I mean, he's 6'3", 290, and he, 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 uh, he has the strength to, to carry his weight. A lot of times... Young guys, you know, they don't have the balance yet. If mm. you're 290 when you're 19, you can get knocked off your feet pretty easy. But he has good balance. He plays with a good pad level. And I think his development, if he can prove that he can be uh, a, a real contributor, I think that, that could just reinforce the depth of Montana's defensive line big time. Matt Rensvold, another guy that you think, hey, Pay attention. Now. I'm so interested to see how he reacts to the weight he's put on. He's up to 248 pounds, but anybody that watched this kid play in high school, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. I thought he was one of the best basketball players in the state his senior year of high school. I mean, the kid can jump out of the gym, and a lot of people in the Montana program tell, have told me that they think he's got the best hands on the team. Hmm. And that's saying something when you've got Jerry Louie McGee and Gabe Solcer and Sammy Kim on your team. Uh, I, did, I think that the Montana tight ends I thought were – they went from a... No, let's just be clear. He may not be the best catcher, but there is no question that Samuel Kim has the best hands on the team. The biggest hands, that's for sure. That is the best. I mean, they are... They, they are the stuff of myth and legend, Samuel Well, he Kim's is. Hand. I was I, Last time I was at practice, there was a scout from the Ravens there, and I was just shooting the breeze with them a little bit, and uh, he said, hey, where's 18 from? I said, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. He said, where's that? I said, exactly. That's why he's here, because he's from somewhere that no one went to look at him, because if you, he goes, yeah, any college scout in the country sees that guy, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, Sammy Anyway, Kim, sorry. Sorry to railroad Matt Renfrew. No, but Matt, with, with, I, I just, I, the, Kim's hands. The, uh, the, the Montana tight ends were a group that didn't exist, and then they were brought back, and I think they went from a non-existent group to one of the best groups in the Big Sky Conference just in a year. And then you look at the fact that multiple of the guys in that group are young guys. I mean, they're going to lose Colin Bingham this year after this year, which is going to be a big loss, both just from a toughness standpoint, but also a leadership standpoint. He's been, he's been rock solid for them. But you look at the rest of that group, Matt Renswold and Bryson Deming are both going to be contributors this year. They're going to play a lot. That three tight end set that Montana ran last year, I mean, that was an undertold and crucial factor to them mitigating a lot of their weaknesses on the offensive line. They used those guys as secondary offensive linemen, basically. When they did short yardage stuff, they put three tight ends in the game, and those guys all played big roles. But then you look at the rest of that group, I think a couple of their other young players, including Joey Elwell out of Boise, I mean, the kid looks, 
he looks like a junior, not a freshman. Uh, they they the tight ends look really really good, but Matt Rensvold is the guy that put on the most weight amongst those guys, and I'm just so interested to see if he can maintain his athleticism while being 250 pounds. I mean, now you're talking about a next level guy because he is an unbelievable athlete. His whole thing was going to be: is he fast enough to play receiver, or can he get big enough to play tight end? Well, six four two fifty is big enough to play tight end. So if he can use the weight. Uh, to his advantage, it could be pretty big. Stu Telnawanis, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. I know you got a couple more, but I got one that I'd like to throw out to sure. from the other side of the mountain. Sure. And that is Jahari Martin. And Jahari Martin, when he was first recruited, uh, got some notice because he was the only person willing to not wear a shirt <laughs> during his recruiting visit in his own home <laughs> while the coaching staff. I wouldn't wear my shirt if I looked like him either. Ever. Ever. Not for anything. Not to go to church. Not to go to a wedding. I would never, ever put a shirt on. Period. Uh, but he played, you know, played down in Florida, comes up here and played defense, primarily linebacker. And one piece of sound that you didn't hear from Jeff Chode, who was commenting about him during uh, the, the press conference after the scrimmage, was that, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty deep at linebacker right now in Montana State. He, he cited the number 14 linebackers. I don't know, you know, okay, maybe rostered 14, but the point is they got, you know, they feel pretty good about their linebackers, and as a freshman coming in, you know, maybe there isn't the spot for him, but particularly if you're going to rotate five quarterbacks, uh, maybe <laughs> offense is where you go, but again, Jahari Martin, just like the, the physical thing is, um, you know, it's hard to uh, uh, under, you know, you can't miss it. You know what I mean? In terms of what he brings to the table, uh, just he's not a freshman in that respect. And second of all, um, you know, a bit of a coup, I think, for Montana State to go down to Florida and get a guy to come all the way up to a Canadian bordering state to play football. And if they want to start handing him the football, though, I mean, when you talk about all of the different things and the different personnel packages that Matt Miller, you know, is going to have to sift through and figure out what's going to work, um, but he's a guy who I think, you know, has has the physical gifts and the, the, the potential to be really good. And even, you know, there's going to be so many guys getting touches. And we know Isaiah Fonse is going to be the lead running back. And then presumably, I would think that Troy Anderson will be kind of the number two guy mm-hmm. mixed in with some other guys and some Wildcat stuff. Um, but if you can make your mark getting, you know, if he gets three to five touches a game... You know, who knows what that could, could turn into and, and what he's going to look like. And I think the the, the arrow was pointed up uh, for uh, for Jari Martin. I think that there's certain kids that you almost have to play. I mean, he, Jari Martin was the, he was the MVP of the Florida 7A state championship team out of Lakeland. I mean, they beat St. Thomas Aquinas, which at the time was in the top five in the country. I mean, this kid had 140 tackles, like 30 tackles for loss for this team. So, you know, he's people ask why was he under recruited? Well, he's not six one like they list him on the roster. He's more like five ten, and he doesn't have exceptional top end speed. Although he does have exceptional short area quickness, but I just think that a guy like him, like you said, he's physically ready to play. But I also think that if you redshirt him, you're you're not He's one of he's one of your top sixty five guys just in terms of who you want running down on kicks and who you want you know, running down on covering punts. So then you got to have you know you're not gonna when you're when you're making your travel roster your sixty five man travel roster you're not gonna take fourteen linebackers with you you're probably not even gonna take ten. 
but you might take five running backs, and if there's a guy that can play special teams like Jahari Martin, sure. can, then all of a sudden, I mean, here's the thing: Jahari Martin scored 19 touchdowns as a senior in high school on only 34 carries. Right. I mean, <laughs> true. That's a real stat. It's a real stat. He was just a goal line guy, and I think that's what they're gonna they yes. want because Jeff Choate has always favored big goal line backs. He loved Chad Newell. He loved Nicholas Sane. Last year, that guy was supposed to be Tyler Nate, but then Tyler Nate. Uh, spinal stenosis, which ended his career, which was too bad for for him and for Montana State. But um, but Jahari Martin's going to play inside linebacker for the Cats yeah. before this thing's all said and done. But why not use him as your short yardage back? Still develop him as on both sides of the ball. I don't know. This is a lot less controversial of a guy going both ways than number 15 going both ways. Um, you mentioned uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, the high school program. I would like to just a quick word, parenthetically, about St. Thomas Aquinas, the person. Okay. I was once at a place that had the unabridged works of St. Thomas Aquinas. They're, they're volumes that appear to be encyclopedias, if you can remember when there was such a thing as encyclopedias floating around. And there was no less than... No less than 40, and I would honestly guess 50 of them, that if you stacked them on top of each other would be several feet high. He wrote them with a, a bird feather and an inkwell by hand, people, in the 1400s. We're all lazy. Okay? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. St. Thomas Aquinas, shout out. Okay, who else you got? Sleepers. A couple other sleepers. For the Grizz, I think that... I mean, there was no football to watch, so you had more time. No doubt. Um, It's easy to forget how good Brandon Purdy was two years ago. Brandon Purdy was third-team All-Big Sky two years ago. I mean, he he made like 16 or 17 field goals. He was great. And then he had a little knee injury that then put him behind, and then Timmy Semenza rose up and beat out Brandon Purdy, and Brandon Purdy was kind of a non-factor on last year's team, but he's looked really good during camp. And he's a guy that's, I mean, he's, he's a solid dude. He's, he's a guy that is proven in games and, you know, he works hard and I think he's a guy that they trust. And I think that he has a chance to have a big year after I mean, how many kickers are an all league player and then essentially lose their job and then win it back. You know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting storyline yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last sleeper, you know, we're talking about Jahari Martin for the Cats being a short yardage guy. One guy who's really popped to me at practice, and I, I don't know if he's quite ready just in terms of grasping the playbook or grasping what they want in the program, but physically he's ready, and that's Nick Osmo. They were really excited when they got him out of Portland. He's a big running back. I mentioned Chad Newell for the Cats. He reminds me of Chad Newell. He's not quite as tall, but he's he's that you know big-bodied 6'1", 220-pound guy who – a little bit of an upright runner, but w- when he gets behind his pads, he's got a lot of mass, and he—I mean—he looks physically very mature. And Bobby Huck mentioned him by name the other day, which I thought was surprising. You know, kind of unprompted, and he's looked good in practice. He—he he could be another short yardage option. As far as Montana State, a couple other guys that I thought have had good camps. Uh, Lavelle Price Jr. is a kid who was an out-of-state walk-on, and. Now, with Munchie Filer likely being hurt or likely being out for at least early, Munchie Filer was wearing a cast and a sling during the scrimmage on Saturday. Not sure what his actual injury is, but I would expect him to not at least play in the Texas Tech game. But with that, with him out, they're going to have a, a brand new fight at corner. And I think that Lavelle Price is a guy that's played a lot, both in the spring and the fall. 
Got a lot of first and second team reps, so he's a guy that they might rely on pretty hard. A couple other true freshmen, I think, that are mentally there. I think they're mentally ready. Elijah King and Eric Zambrano. Both those are the only two true freshmen that were getting reps with the ones and the twos during the scrimmage. Uh, but th- those guys, it's not necessarily the physical elements; it's the mental elements. They're grasping the scheme, and I, I think that that they could at least be on the travel roster. And then my last sleeper for the Cats is Daniel Hardy, because. Montana State's going to play Troy Anderson on offense. They're going to. And there's going to be times, like when Troy Anderson goes, if he rips off a long touchdown, I don't think you can expect him to then just go right back in and play linebacker on the very next series. Yes, you can. <laughs> I mean, play every play, special teams, all of it. Maybe. But Daniel Hardy. Can they play him at center to create, you know, plus one at quarterback? Well, what if the center just runs with the ball? Just pick it up and just take off. Put him there. You got all the blockers now. They started playing him at Nickelback last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and he already looks like one of the best nickels in the league. Well, look, man, enough. It's easy when you're talented. <laughs> Do you hear the bitterness? He, Did that come through he, in the way that I said it? Daniel Hardy's a talented kid, and he's going to have to be ready to play. I think he's going to have to play 30, 35 snaps a game at Sam Linebacker, and so I think that he has a chance to produce – because he's a great athlete, but he's incredibly raw. He's a kid that didn't play football until his senior year of high school, went to junior college, and now he's, he's really developed. But he needs to be good because when you take Troy Anderson out, you can't have a huge drop-off because then teams will just figure out a way to exploit that. It's Tutel Nuanas. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. It's also, as it turns out today, the second hour of the show because Osprey Baseball is uh, hoping to play a doubleheader starting in about 15 minutes. So we'll see uh, about that. So we're coming up. Evidently, there is a little bit of an issue with the umpires if they are at the right location and even in the right town is uh, an open question at this moment in time. So we'll see uh, how that comes about. But nonetheless, we will certainly finish here next with all of you. Well, hello there, my friends. Ryan Tutel here, and you probably know that Blackfoot is a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that helps businesses just like yours all around the state of Montana. But maybe you don't know just how much they're actually doing. You couldn't even imagine how many miles, yes, miles, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable they are laying across the state of Montana and specifically now in Bozeman and the Gallatin Valley near St. Ignatius and several other regions to increase the connectivity and speed in which we can communicate to that of light. That's right, fiber optics, they work with light. Did you know that? Quite a lesson. If you want to go study it, I encourage you to do so. Hey, go visit GoBlackfoot.com and see what it is that they're up to. I think you'll be amazed at all of the work that is being done just so that we can talk quickly with each other and do things like, I don't know, listen to a 2 tell Nuanas podcast. 866-541-5000 to give them a call or online at GoBlackfoot.com. You can click the link in the description while you're listening and just check out what they're up to. Support the ones who support us, Blackfoot. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour. Yes, it is Ryan Tutel and Colton Nuanas. Thank you, Jim. Still. The Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. 
I see what you're doing on beat. I thought you were just turning it up when I was talking, but now I understand. I'm just being artistic in my production yeah. style, Ryan. Definitely not annoying. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The podcast available all over the place. It's your favorite podcasting platforms. Two Tell Nuana's podcast. Get it. Listen to it. Like it. Whatever that is. Uh, the podcast is uh, available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Coulter, uh, as we wrap up here, the Montana Football Hour, and consequently the show, uh, an early show today, uh, unless you're on SWX with us, in which case, thank you, and uh, hope you're enjoying a nice dinner. Uh, the There's a new policy uh, that is a clear bag policy for Washington Grizzly Stadium uh, in which uh, they are going to allow... Um, some small bags uh, in, but basically anything that is brought into the stadium has got to be in a clear uh, see-through bag. They want to expedite the, uh, is it the egress? I forget the word, uh, the going in process uh, at the uh, at the gate rather than digging through everybody's bag. It'll be easier to be able to just look through the bag. That makes sense. The only issue is, of course, that I don't know that Louis Vuitton has gone for the translucent version as of yet. Uh, and so, you know, trying to obtain a bag. And look, man, let's be honest, later in the year, uh, th- look, there's plenty of people trying to get plenty of things that they want to have to enjoy to themselves while they're in their chair into the stadium in their bags. Of course, we all understand this. But also, in the event that it could possibly be, I don't know, 20 degrees or less, there's a lot of people who are bringing a lot of very legitimate things into the stadium for themselves, for their children, you know, uh, and 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 so on and so forth. Uh, and I don't know how big a clear bag you can get, uh, but I do think that this, I understand this policy. I'm not saying this is a bad one, but I do think it has its drawbacks, and I'm not exactly sure how this is ultimately really going to be put into practice. I mean, are you really going to tell, you know, a ticket holding patron, a mother with her two kids who's got, you know, a bag that isn't clear, no, you can't come in here. You know, I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go, but I, I, I understand what you're trying to accomplish with this. And I think it will be, it, it's going to be at times difficult in practice. Especially early. Right. I actually think this will actually, it'll make entering the stadium faster once everybody's got it down. Right. But there, there's just inevitably going to be a lot of people that just didn't hear about it. Or, I mean, you know, because it's been all over the news. We're talking about it right now. But inevitably, there'll be somebody that's bringing, you know, their big bag that they've brought for 50 years, you know. Yeah. And they've been a season ticket holder since the 70s or whatever. And they got their blankets and they got their hot chocolate. And it, it could just be a logistical headache I mean, initially. The good, the good news is presumably when it is cold like that, there will have been several games sure. worth of, of, of sure. it. Uh, so one gallon plastic storage bag or a clear 12 by 6 by 12 inch tote bag, which they're selling all over the place, including uh, MSO Hub. We'll, we're going to have some down at our at pregame show party. where people yep. will be selling those. Um, or you can have a small clutch bag up to 4.5 inches. The other thing is seat cushions, cameras, binoculars, blankets carried over your shoulder, medical bags, those are all still allowed yeah so basically it's just your stuff that you're bringing in has to be in unless it's a blanket i could just see somebody just carrying boatloads of things just no bag 
right? <laughs> and having it be a little bit of a problem, you know. I mean, some people just don't have the gift of packing light. You know what I mean? Um, I would also though, you know, September the seventh when it's probably going to be eighty-five degrees, I'd be very wary of the guy in the big overcoat, in the down jacket. There's definitely something being hidden in there. Mm-hmm. It's not a bag anymore. You know, it's on the person. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll see what's going. On. Is it, do they have anything like that at Montana State? Oh, uh, they do. They they implemented something like this uh, a couple years ago. Is it actually. a clear bag thing, or is it a sm- uh, just a size deal, or what? Um, I don't know the specific details, but I think it's uh, very similar. I think it's clear bag and uh, just the process of checking uh, everything diligently. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, very good. Let's look forward to this. Boys and girls, enjoyed the show today with all of you. Uh, again, a little early show today. Get ready for Osprey Baseball, uh, hopefully, perhaps, later on today. If they can get some umpires to call the game, that'll be helpful. Kind of need them to play a baseball game, so we'll see if that uh, comes around. Um, the, uh, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Luthia Ford of Missoula. Going to be here all week. Going to be here all month. Okay? I know that they're, you know... There's been significant blowback, particularly from Colton Nuanas, and now I got somebody gunning for my job, so I'm going to stick around uh, for the uh, remainder of the football season with all of you. Good choice, Tommy. Ah, it wasn't mine. Tommy played under the bridge on his trail afternoon show today, listen too. Listen to it. Listen to it. It's excellent work. Boys and girls, have a wonderful, wonderful Monday evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Detail Nuanas and Tommy, ESPN Radio. I got a bad disease. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.